0: Grain Growers of Canada is taking a practical and proactive approach to help meet Canada's goal of net zero emissions by 2050. The group says it's important that farmers are at the table and have announced plans to create a climate solutions initiative, Road to 2050. The federal government, already setting a national fertilizer emission reduction target of 30% below 2020 levels, by the year 2030, Brandon Leslie is the GGC's manager of policy and government relations.
1: You know, when we look at yield increases, especially at a time right now when we're seeing, uh, you know, global food insecurity at a level we haven't seen in generations. Uh, we had short carryover stocks of, of a number of commodities, and now with the you know the devastating war in Ukraine, uh, we have supply chain disruptions, shortages. There, there's a real worry out there, and. So now's not the time for Canada to, to be backing down on the amount we're producing. And so we'll certainly be relaying that message, uh, to government in terms of fertilizer, uh, emission reductions that, that we need to be a, a global superpower. But, you know, we believe we, we can do both. We, farmers have for law, for, for years now been adopting the four r nutrient stewardship management practices, uh, that, that are, uh, to reduce the number of emissions while making sure that we're practically applying in a precise manner the right inputs at the right time uh, at the right place at the right rate. Anybody that's looked at their fertilizer bill this year, they know they want to be judicious in how they're applying that fertilizer, but it's also critical to the success of of the crop that year.
0: GGC Chair Andre Harp says the farmer-driven path to net zero must reflect what farmers have done and can sustainably do in the future. With the changes in spring weather patterns and the extended periods of drought we've been seeing, research is underway looking at the potential dual-purpose use of cereal crops for livestock feed. The option not only provides farmers more flexibility, but it can also help ensure adequate feed supplies during dry conditions when perennial forage yields might be low. Amber Wall, a research technician with Wheatland Conservation Area, says they've collected yield as well as quality data, which includes a nutrient
2: feed analysis. Overall, barley treatments generally yielded quite well. Uh, They were followed fairly closely by the oats, um, as well as a couple of the mixtures. Um, But it's important to note that these mixes may not be best suited for each area. And another thing to consider is whether the mix has any other benefits besides yield over the monoculture. Triticale yielded well in comparison, although there wasn't a lot of variation between the varieties. uh, And the same goes for the wheat. It was the lowest yielding species overall and also not a lot of variation between varieties. Most treatments averaged um, 9% crude protein, but there were a few exceptions that were higher, which included these lower yielding wheat varieties as well as the pulse mixtures, which generally resulted in crude protein uh, around 10.5%, as expected, thanks to those peas.
0: She notes they've gathered eight years of data from four research sites in the province, including Swift Current, Redverse, Prince Albert, and Clavats. Well, with the pandemic, a number of organizations have turned to online auctions as a way to try and maintain their operations, the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association held one last year and are once again holding their Riding for the Brand fundraising auction on DLMS. President Kelsey Elford says it helps to keep the office rolling.
1: What this auction does for the stock growers is it helps us run our day-to-day, it helps us pay for mileage, which is you know quite expensive these days. It helps us in our lobby efforts. The stock
0: growers riding for the brand fundraising auction on DLMS wraps up with a 6 p.m. soft close tonight. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vosler.